I thought you were just demonstrating what you were going to do. I no. can count to three. <laughs> I'm doing, doing it live. Kind doing of. it live. Not yet. Not yet. In the works, though. Yes, we are recording now. <laughs> we are recording yeah. now. No, you leave <laughs> yes. that in. That's, that's either got to be at the beginning or at the very end. Right. That's, that's how <laughs> these things go. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow the uh, the mantra of the, the my wife is gonna kill me podcast and not edit anything unless no you say something. Oh man, Wes, that's un- uncharted territory for you. I know <laughs> it's gonna bug me. I'm not even gonna listen to this. Well, I might. Okay, maybe just for a little bit, just to make sure that it doesn't sound like shit. But um, hopefully, I already got that out of the way. Perfect sound check. But yeah, go ahead, Pete. Well, well, <laughs> since we're recording, we probably should go ahead and get started. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we hope there's lots of you out there listening to uh, the very first episode of D&D TBD, um, which is basically the podcast where we know what we want to talk about, which is Dungeons and Dragons. We just don't exactly know what we want to call it yet, but <laughs> we're going to get together. We're going to figure that out. And by we, I mean me and my two co-hosts. Uh, first and foremost, I am Pete McCarthy. You may know me from such fame as the My Wife is Going to Kill Me podcast, which is about toys, comics, general nerddom. Uh, that is NSFW. Uh, there is language. There are definitely adult content in that show. You may also know me from Legion's Cast, which is a mythic legions by the Four Horsemen inspired action figure podcast, which is PG. And for those of you that don't know, PG stands for pretty goddamn lame um, because we uh, <laughs> don't really say <laughs> much of anything on there. So, but uh, first and foremost, uh, Wes Tanner is with us today, Hello. host of the Basement Dwellers podcast. How are you doing today, Wes? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing fantastic. I'm super awesome. excited you guys agreed to take this journey with me. Hell yeah. So, and uh, and of course, the uh, the player's handbook aficionado the christopher human, the human price <laughs> how are you how are you chris i am wonderful thank you for asking this is going to be a very exciting uh, uh outing for us uh as uh if i'm not mistaken pete you uh you you've been in, uh, a player for a while now uh well just over what year and a half yeah, I'm. I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. So, oh, right, yeah. right. But yeah, I. I uh, I'm, do you, I've been do in... you simp for for Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, I do. Is I, that what the kids I, say? I think. I think so. I'm. Okay. I'm losing. I'm losing my touch big time. Like my daughter is like, dad, that was lit. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what, what's on fire? What could right. be a fire like, extinguisher? Don't say don't say lit to your firefighter don't, dad. Don't, you know? yeah, <laughs> Jeez, oh, so. Yeah, so I've been I've been in probably about eighteen months or so, and um, I originally came on the Basement Dwellers podcast to talk to Wes uh, and the gang about Muskecon, which is a comic book convention that I run uh, here in Muskegon, and I not so subtly dropped hint after hint about wanting to try to play Dungeons and Dragons uh, with him and his crew. And I was fortunate enough to get the invite in. Uh, we had that first game and we held it up at my, uh, my vape shop and it was magnificent. And I had an absolute blast. I was immediately hooked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to say it was only probably about four months or so after that, where you then joined us, Chris, is that correct? I believe so. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I believe you guys had a uh, a previous game uh, that you were doing for a little bit. Wes was your DM. Yep. Uh, and Wes wanted to run some of the uh, pre-made adventures for uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. And 
he wanted to bring me on. We had been talking about doing a game uh, for quite a bit at that point. Um, and it, things just kind of lined up and, you know, the scheduling worked out and I, uh, I joined on to your, to your merry band, but I, but I've <laughs> gamed with Wes, uh, for many, many years, uh, on and off decades. Uh, it's decades. decades. It yeah, literally it decades, decades. literally know. decades. I, can't say that uh, I threw a up a little things. bit. We, we <laughs> talked about that before we started that. <laughs> I, uh, I, I was disgusted at the fact that, uh, combined Wes and I have about 40 years of role-playing and uh, DMing experience. You know what I'm uh, disgusted at, Chris? What are you disgusted at? I'm disgusted at the fact that out of 40 years of experience, I still barely know the game as it's written. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I rely on you on you doing our, during our games to keep me in check with the rules. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries. And it's so funny, too, because, you know, kind of some of the things that you pick up, some of the things that every experienced D&D player knows um i i remember very vividly uh joe vanderstelt is uh one of the of the people that was in our campaign and is an absolute riot and i'll never forget i actually said something to wes as the dm and he kind of come unglued for a second in a, in a fun way in a bantery way about you don't ever help the dm <laughs> and i was like oh my gosh you know and i it was like some of those little caveats that you know, of course, not knowing I, well, I pointed something out to Wes or I did something and whoa, 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 it's, it's us against him. We don't do that here, you know, <laughs> and, right? And it's so funny because now, and that's become a, a part of, of, of the game, part of the campaign of, you know, everybody jumps at it. Oh, Hey, you shut up right now. Don't you say that? Don't help yeah, him. Right. You know, uh, right. how, how much the, can you guys term, get away with? That's, that's yeah, what right? it's become. The, the term is uh, same team. We're on the same team, uh, but I, I'm just as guilty of it. That's, that's actually something that I, I struggle with because my brain, my brain thinks faster than my, my mouth. And sometimes I need to shut my mouth before I speak, I think and talk. So I'll be like, Oh yeah, Wes, actually you, your monster could do this ability uh, and be able to move maneuver in that way. Right. That's interesting. Huh? And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Also, then, this podcast yeah. is not safe for work either. Yes, help, help I was. Me, uh, I was definitely going to make sure people knew that. <laughs> um, you know, and it, it, and it's fun too because I, you know, again, not having, I, I really had no frame of reference to D and D other than you know what the average regular person understands from yeah, pop like culture, word mm -hmm. of mouth, pop right. culture. Yeah, yep. yeah. So you know, I sit down and I'm like, okay, well, it's a role playing thing, and I've done. Um, you know, I've, I've got an experience in, in front of crowds with some stand-up comedy and I, mm -hmm. I did, you know, I did musicals in high school and I've even done a, a one, even one acting job as an adult, uh, live action. And, um, but to, to sit down and try to kind of envelop that character and become that person. And then also while you're learning the game, because I'm also, I'm trying to be in my character at the time, um, mm -hmm. was named Skura and he was a human rogue. And uh, so trying to become that character and stay in that character, but also trying to learn the game simultaneously, mm -hmm. it's kind of a lot to take. And now all of a sudden we're, we're here for three meals, man. We, that first day, that first day we played, I want it was almost a 10 hour session, I think. Yeah. Um, and it was, like I said, it was absolutely amazing. And I, we kind of all walked out of there and then we all messaged with each other for two hours, I think after the game, talking about the game. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was very easy to kind of get bit by that bug and go, wow, this is, this is cool. Um, mm -hmm. Do you, Wes, do you remember the first character you ever played? Uh, the name? No, the, the class and 
I think the race. Yeah. Uh, I played a human rogue as well. So, (laughs) or or, uh, back then, uh, it was during second edition days. Um, so that would have been a thief. So they didn't, they they didn't really encompass all the roguish characters under the rogue umbrella. It was a thief back then. So yeah, like I said, I don't remember the name of the, the character, but I've always played thieves or rogues or people in the shadows, that type of deal. But so that was kind of, kind of cool to see you take, take that on for your first character as well. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, man. Yeah, no, and I, uh, I, how about you, Chris? Do you, do you remember? Uh, I've got two. So okay. uh, the first one actually uh, is Wes, uh, because uh, my first, I'll call it role-playing experience in a, uh, a t- pen and paper uh, role-play, was actually Wes as my DM. And I remember it was a sci-fi game. And I had a giant boomerang because I thought that was the coolest thing when you're a seventh grader, <laughs> right? Like a right? giant, just giant, massive boomerang. And I remember using it like Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy, like just a big weapon. Uh, I don't remember anything else about that other than we we boarded a ship and I was looking for something. But my first, uh, my first actual character that I remember um, is was a human fighter. Because when you're first learning actual Dungeons and Dragons, it's always good to try to start with like us. I don't want to say a fighter is a simple class, but at the very beginning, the first couple levels of fighter, it's very straightforward. And that's at least a melee class, a melee class. Correct. So that's really easy to learn. Very uncomplicated. Correct. Yes. Uh, So uh, Lexan was his name. Oh, yeah. And his his background started very simple. But it expanded out over the years to the point of uh, when I was in drama class in high school, I wrote uh, as part of like the final uh, grade, uh, I wrote a play uh, with him in like um, defeating bandits and like losing his one true love and going on this like uh, this this redemption quest. And then that spiraled into all kinds of other stories that, um, you know, we're all up here. Right. In in some capacity, I, I pointed to my head. By the way, I right. we're, oh, yeah. we're on Zoom and we right. each can see each other, but this is audio. I don't have a very good radio like uh, presence. I keep nodding along with you as if people can hear like yeah. things clanking around in my head, <laughs> right? But uh, right. but yeah, that that was the first uh, the first character I think uh, if I if memory serves me right. We uh, right. and I remember it being so fun because I you know, we sat down and I wanted, you know, Wes was introducing me to this group and these, this group already knew I was, I was an addition to the party. They had already played together. Those characters knew each other. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember wanting to come out of the gate swinging. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, you know, first impressions are so important. And so I'm uh, they're actually in, in West, you may have to correct me if I'm wrong here, but they're actually in a, in a tavern and I'm upstairs meeting with some nefarious types and they find out that I actually am a good guy, whatever. I come running down the stairs and I run into this and Wes basically says, Pete, you run down the stairs, you're being chased by this person and you see these people and he tells me who these people are. What would you like to do? And in that moment, I was like, okay, come out with a bang, come out with a bang. So I said, I jump up onto the table, run to the end of it, turn around, throw a dagger into the throat of the guy chasing me. And Wes's eyes got about as big as saucers. And he was like, 
okay. And I'm like, all right, we're good. All right, here we go. (laughs) There you go. I I love it when when players are descriptive in like that. Because as a DM, side note, as a DM, if if you just said, oh, I turn around and I uh, I attack it more. Uh, I I run away faster. Like, okay, give me give me a roll, whatever. But if you explained it to me, like I'm gonna I'm gonna dive down the table, sliding (laughs) across it, spin on my back, chuck a knife. I'd be like you get advantage with that. Cause that just sounds cool. I want right. that to happen. No, like the only reason I, I was even surprised by that is because it was the very first thing you did in game. And I just was <laughs> not, I had no idea what to expect out of you. And it was like at that moment. And I was like, I was like, man, I was like, okay, he's going to do good. <laughs> he's like, you, like, you got it right away. You know, not to like yeah. jerk you off or anything, but it was, yeah, no, it was awesome. And like, and it, it was, it was, it was, like I said, it was, it was such a good time and it was cool. I mean, we've known each other for, I mean, we went to school together. We've known each other for years, but mm-hmm. we yeah. never really, we were just far enough apart in age. We didn't really travel in the same circle. So yeah. kind of to reconnect, well, then Joe walks in and I'm like, and I graduated with Joe and I, I mean, we hadn't talked in shoot at that point. It'd been 18 years, probably 16 years since we'd really even seen each other. Yeah. And it was so, it was so cool to reconnect with him. Then of course I got to meet Haley and I've known the McCrary brothers forever. Cause I mean, you live in Whitehall, you know, the McCrary you, brothers. You know the McCrary <laughs> brothers. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. you know, I got to meet Haley and of course I got to meet Becca and, um, but yeah, it was just, it was a, a, such, such a fun thing. And it was such a, it's such kind of a welcoming environment. It was, Hey, this guy knows precisely Dick about what's going on here. Um, and maybe he went a little bit crazy because maybe he bought 14 sets of dice and maybe he bought three <laughs> manuals in a player's handbook. And, you know, and maybe d- he went day a little one. crazy. Day, day one. one. Yeah, yeah. No, that day one purchases from before, what I understand. We so far, started. now you need a, a whole storage shed for everything that you've yeah. been uh, I, procuring. I went, I went, I went hard. Yeah. I, I went real hard right out of the gate. And uh, I'll never forget um, I was probably the second game that we played. And Joe's looking at my dice and he goes, I've had the same set of dice for 20 years, Pete. Like, what you know what I mean? I'm like trying to decide. I'm, and then I'm I, actually so looking at uh, like the, I'd say probably the five or six sets of dice that I own, period. And that's again over the last like 20 years. Yeah. I, I actually bought, and you can't see them well in my room now, but I, I actually bought the, the plastic bins with all the drawers, like people put nuts and bolts in. Mm-hmm. I bought, I bought two of those, Chris, and they're both full. I love you. <laughs> and I still, you haven't upgraded still, to the chest yet. No, I, well, I've got that. I just say Haley, Haley might bad. have you beat on that regard. She has a oh. chest now. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's crazy. And but like I said, just kind of get, kind of getting involved in it. And I, and I've always been that guy. It's funny because I, um, when uh, we went through, my wife and I took uh, marriage classes before we got married. It mm-hmm. was one of the things that the the pastor that married us required of couples he was marrying. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, one of the things was about uh, letting your husband light his matches. So he's going to light his match. It's going to burn bright. He's going to be obsessed with it. Then it's going to go out and he's going to move on to the next match. Hmm. And so we've always laughed about that because that's exactly what I do. Yeah. I light a match and it burns bright. And um, unfortunately I had no idea that this match was going to end up burning down the forest. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I find that a very ironic, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, ironic metaphor considering <laughs> that you're the chief of the fire department. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I created a metaphorical forest fire. <laughs> Of dice, yeah. yeah. Smokey, Smokey is an NPC, and he is not impressed at this point. So Pete, that I me, created me, the forest fire. Let me ask you something. What, yeah. what, uh, what made you kind of reach out to to want to get involved to uh, to begin with? Like, what was it about it? I, the the 
honestly, it's probably kind of the escapism of all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I started doing stand-up comedy back in 2012 or so, um, I realized that everything in my life revolved around my job. So I was a, I was a career firefighter. So I worked 24 hour shifts. That was my full-time gig, which, you know, anybody in the fire service, that's, I mean, that's the big show. That's the dream to be able to, to do that for a living. That's the ultimate. Well, every side hustle I had was I taught at the, I was in charge of the Muskegon County Fire Academy. I taught at the, at the fire Academy. I taught fire officer classes. I taught CPR and first aid. I taught EMT. And I realized all the things that I was doing all circled back to this. Your job. Yeah. yeah, Yep. In, in 2012, I had, um, I had two drownings on duck Lake. They were nine days apart. They were both my shift. I was first on the scene for both of them. And, uh, and I struggled with that mental health wise. I, I struggled with, could I have done something differently? Could I have done something better? Could I have gotten to them? And, and all those things that everybody thinks about in those moments, even though we know deep down in our actual brain that there wasn't anything we could have done. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I thought, you know, I want to do something different. I need to, I need to unplug from what I'm doing. And I reached out to a fellow classmate of ours who was in between you guys and us um, and you guys and me by the name of Adam Deggie. And I said, Hey, how do I become a stand-up comic? And he gave me an email address and I emailed a guy and I said, Hey, I want to do this open mic. And a month later, I, or a week later, I had a date a month later, I was on stage and I got to go up for four minutes. I, I, I take that back. I wrote for five. He let me go for eight because I was getting good laughs. And I walked off that stage and I was like, this is the ultimate. Mm-hmm. I, got to, I got to write jokes 100% by myself. And for a guy that always is trying to make people laugh and loves to be the center of attention, stand-up comedy is where it's at. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, hand me a microphone and let me do my thing. And I, I really enjoyed myself. So I started doing that on a regular basis. And that was my, that was my escape. Well, mm-hmm. as, as time progressed, it's, just, it's that much harder to get down to Grand Rapids all the time because there's not a lot in the comedy scene here. And yeah. I looked at everything that I was doing when it came to collecting toys and reading comics. Um, it, it's, it's all in that same vein. I mean, nerd, nerd is the new jock. We all know that. And so you start to think about now you mix in all of that nerddom that I enjoyed, all that fantasy stuff I enjoyed with the escapism of stand-up comedy. And that's exactly what you get is D and D you get to, you know, you get to hang out with friends. It's a, it's a cool social event. Plus I, you know, I get to, I get to completely escape. We get to, we're down in the sewers chasing orphans, you know, and we're, (laughs) you know, we're in the, we're in the back alleys investigating. I've got a, my poor DM is trying to figure out how to answer my questions about blood spatter pattern analysis. And he's like, son of a bitch, uh, Pete, shut up. That was, that was, (laughs) that was, that was just funny. (laughs) It was so good. I'm, I'm just as bad at accidentally bringing like real life into, uh, into Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. and you're like, like, yeah, yeah, don't you can explain don't. it away by magic or by, <laughs> right. uh, by don't, anything. Don't try and create a fictional uh, forensic scene when you're dealing with right. a firefighter slash paramedic. So, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I learned that one pretty quick. But, but so yeah, like I said, it's the the escapism was being able to just kind of like I said, do it and in mm-hmm. any any time that you can the 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 stuff that we, you find yourself doing sometimes and yeah. you go out to a movie well okay movies are fun they're great but there's no social interaction there i mean yeah. if there is you're a dick and somebody's going hey shut up we're watching a movie <laughs> yeah you right know? um this is uh you know and even and even a lot of board games um 
you know, you're, you're, it's, it's something that you can play, but you can also socialize with friends. And that mm-hmm. just, that spoke to me. And like I said, I'm glad I did it. Cause here we are 18 months later and you know, yeah. we're, we're talking about it on a podcast and, and yeah. we're 20, 24 sessions into our current campaign. Yeah. And actually that I mean, number seems if, for anybody out there who plays D and D that numbers might seem low, but you have to remember that for the, uh, the good portion of our time together as a group, we only got together once a month and we played for about eight to 10 hours at a time. So you take that as roughly, I don't know, math, 200 some hours that we've played together. So yeah. Yeah. Just a quick, but see now out. you say that and I go, I, that feels like that's a lot to me. Cause it's, you've got six adults that all work and have families that yeah. to get them all together that many mm-hmm. times. I mean, that's miraculous in and of itself. Oh yeah. The, that's unheard the older- of. Yeah, the older that uh, we've gotten, I remember being, you know, 18, 19, you know, early 20s, and we would have Dungeons and Dragons sessions or, or just any kind of role play. We'd have sessions that would go from like 10 a.m. until four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, and then we would turn around the next day and be in a different game. I remember at one point when there was, there used to be a game store, like a, a hobby store in, uh, in town in Whitehall. And uh, I remember being in three different games in the week. And each one of those games went from, they were a bare minimum eight hour sessions each game. And Joe ran two of them. (laughs) (laughs) Joe used to be like our DM, like Wes is our DM now, but Joe used to be like the DM. Yeah. He was the DM for our entire friends group for the longest time. Yep. So when you, when you talk about obviously your know, DM versus being a player, I, mm-hmm. I look at it and I, um, I'm obviously super impressed with everything that Wes has done in the world of DM. And uh, I, I don't know if people truly understand the prep that goes into a session, mm-hmm. you know, and, and trying to figure out all the eventualities and then, okay, Hey, this can go seven different ways in my mind while the group just picked the eighth way that I didn't plan for. And, you know, kind of coming up with it on the fly. Mm-hmm. I, do you feel Wes, is there ever a time where you kind of feel like a little bit of the DM burnout where you're like, man, it would be nice to just be a player for this session. Uh, You know, with, with our group, no, I can say unequivocally, no, I don't feel burnt out because uh, just like with any group, like your players as okay, as a DM, your players Mm -hmm. make your game. Like you don't, and everyone kind of looks at like the DM, makes the game for the players and in a sense you know yes i'm i'm prepping i'm preparing i'm providing the experience for you guys but it wouldn't it would fall flat on its on its face if it weren't for the players around the table and yeah. uh with our group we've been fortunate enough to kind of cultivate the right the right mix of personalities and the right um i guess yeah that's a good way to put it Just the right people around the table to where mm-hmm. what i have to do as a dm it excites me as opposed to kind of makes it, you know, it doesn't make it feel like a slog or a job or anything like yeah. that. Or, or, yeah, I, you know, I'm excited to stay up way past my bedtime writing 20 mm-hmm. pages the night before we start <laughs> playing because I have ADD and I'm a procrastinator by nature, you know, <laughs> like, right. like I love we, that right. stuff, you know, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the difference. It, it also helps that, you know, we don't play every week. So yeah, uh, when, when I was DMing more often, uh, I, I had a game. Uh, it was actually a star Wars uh, role-playing game that I did it every single weekend, every, I think it was every Sunday. 
like afternoon. And uh, I got, I got burnout. I mean, you can only come up with so much stuff. And I had a really good group of players um, that, you know, knew how to kind of play, play their characters, but also further the story along. And I think that's something in our group that we do really well, that we, we, we know those, I'll call them tropes, right? We, we understand the tropes. So in character, we move the story along, but Wes, if we played every single week in this perfect world or whatever, I'm sure at some point you would go, wow, I'm, I'm running out of steam or I'm running out of ideas to be able to, to continue on. Well, I I would say, obviously that isn't the case with us. So it's hard for me to be definitive about it, but sure, I would, I, you know, the best I can say is yes and no, because, mm-hmm. um, if you're playing every week, you're typically not playing four or five hours, you know, uh, 10 hour games like we're used to, you know, you're yeah. playing like three to four or two to four, yeah. I should say, you know, so that's a little bit different. So the stuff that I, that I prep for our games could be stretched out over a two week period if we played shorter games, but yeah, I don't know. Like I said, for me and our group, we have such a chemistry together that uh, I, I'm excited to further our storyline and to, to, you know, to for me, I get to experience it too, because uh, there's a lot of DMs who use their own material. They call them homebrew worlds. Um, and I've done that before. I think I get would probably get more burnt out that way because you're all the creative process is on you to come up with the location names, the character names, yeah. um, you know, all the lore, uh, trying to think up everything that your players might ask. You know, um, this time around, I decided that I wanted to really dive into the rich history that's already been established through like the forgotten realms, um, which is um, for those of you who don't know, or, or maybe do know uh, the forgotten realms is kind of like the most popular D and D setting that wizards of the coast and previously TSR had come out with. Um, there's decades worth of material, not only officially in game, but they have uh, novels and, you know, there's the video games and, and uh, and everything that uh, kind of helps support this world that is way too rich for me to ignore, especially when I haven't delved into it before. So yeah. with our group, I decided I wanted to go that that route. And so that makes a lot of the prep work a little bit easier because, I, you know, my brain's not as taxed trying to come up with mm-hmm. the diff- different aspects of the world. But for me, it's more just about how do our how does our party fit into that world and how can I use that world to, you know, provide the best experience I can? But, you know, for anyone who's DM'd a game or DM'd an official module knows, it's really difficult to stay directly true to that module. You end up having to homebrew some things just because, you know. Yes, certain things <laughs> like, yeah, because that's a self-contained thing. And if you're yeah. trying to plug it into your already established world that not just you, but your players have created, because there's... There's things that, you know, on the back end, I know, and I'm sure you, you know, Pete, that we have created certain memories and certain things in that world that no one else has. We, a hundred different people could run the exact same adventure module. And every one of those games is going to be different. Someone's going to add something to change the world, to change the scenario of everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. Especially when you jump after a adventurer <laughs> person, and 
all of a sudden you're nude on a beach and there's a weirdo with a cart full of your stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, what I what yeah. I really appreciate, Pete, is that you're you're dropping story bits out of our, our game completely out of context. And yeah. it's the best. It just that's what I love about Dungeons and Dragons, is you I could know. say literally yeah. anything and you're like, you had to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then you know that's that's the other the it's a major aspect of the game that is is really attractive to a lot of people is you're you're creating these memories with your friends mm-hmm. and the people you play with that like nobody else can really understand what you guys went through together you know in your heads yeah. <laughs> or on yeah. a game board but still like Pete has has shown you have all these memories and you can talk about it and it's like <laughs> you you and your friends are actually there doing all this crazy shit. Yeah, it's just yeah, I love that. You uh, you talked about uh, five E or or fifth edition, which is what you know the the current D and D status is at. Um, because you guys have played for as long as you have, I, I I've heard, and and primarily Joe. Um, you know, Joe likes to, <laughs> Joe, Joe he, likes to poo poo on he, on five E every now and again. On <laughs> Sheridan, yeah, yeah, so. When uh, you when you guys so when you guys started playing, you guys were in second edition when you first started. Yes, uh, to to a point. So I actually got introduced to second edition by Joe. My first official Dungeons and Dragons uh, product was actually third edition with someone I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, I didn't do second edition until Joe. So so Joe was still pushing second edition while everybody else was switching to third edition. Well. Uh, so there, Chris yeah. and I followed a little bit a different path when it came to D and D. I stayed with second edition all the way until fifth edition. So I, I shared Joe's stubbornness to move on <laughs> until, <laughs> until yeah. fifth edition kind of, kind of, you know, yeah. reignited that, that, uh, that love for me. Chris, right. however, he went, he I've, went through all of I, them, all of them. So yeah. I, I, I started in third I did second, which I I enjoy some things of second edition. It, it is definitely, uh, it has its quirks uh, with a lot of things. Let's have an episode about Psycho. fact zero, and we'll see how <laughs> how fun everyone thinks that is. Well, and that um, would be that would be a great. Hey, okay, guys, let's let's Frankenstein this. We're in fifth edition. Yeah. If you had to pull things from second and third, what would you pull? That makes that's a great episode. We'll have to do that. Okay. We will. Um, I already yeah. have my answer right now. Right. <laughs> so then I I went to third, uh, and then three point five, where they uh, basically I'll call it uh, patched FAQ'd a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, and broke other things in that setting. It got very chunky. Uh, I, then I went to the fourth edition. So I played all of them. Uh, fourth edition, which was more, they tried to make it more broad and kind of appeal to the audience at the time. It's more, has more of a board tactic, game and MMO board, feel. But yeah, board game MMO feel, which it's still a great, great system. It's a fantastic combat system, but they did not really utilize the role playing aspect of it naturally. Yeah, if you had a great group of people, that players that would play with you then it, it was fine um mm-hmm. but just standalone it was very sequestered kind of in its own thing i uh and, and this obviously for the listeners because i mean i know what an mmo is but why don't you um, tell the listeners what that is a massively multiplayer online game okay yeah. or right. mmo I, mean, RPG, I, said, I, I knew that like i just thought World maybe the warcraft. listeners would want to know so yeah, yeah. so if, if you're World familiar warcraft, with World warcraft then yeah okay. i kind of got the yeah. gist yeah, it had a very inspired by World of Warcraft just on the abilities and stuff. Honestly, 
it is like i said it's a very fun system but it's very like you have to want the chunk of combat where fifth edition it can be there but it has more forgiving loose rules when it comes to certain aspects of tactical combat yeah um i would say if i were to go through each of the editions and to kind of stereotype them um first edition i have no experience with but that was the first iteration of dnd and uh from what i know it was pretty weird but <laughs> when when your when your class was dwarf yeah exactly that's it <laughs> um but uh, uh second edition is um Second edition is probably for people who were most familiar with the old school um, books like uh, mm-hmm. Dragonlance or um, a lot of the Forgotten Realms books like uh, the Elminster like, Saga you, or... Um, you're talking about like the, like the R.A. Salvatore novels, yes. the Dritz Duarden and that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, uh, going all the way back that- there. Yeah, I was going to say that's actually probably closer to third edition. Well, that, more, uh, his first book, I think, was from 86. So I think. Was it really? Oh, yeah, that would have been second edition. Then, yeah. yeah. And don't, he's, uh, he's been writing for, for a long time. So he's probably right? gone through all of them. But um, yeah, a lot but, yeah. of a lot of the kids would know that uh, in Stranger <laughs> Things, the uh, the hit Netflix show, uh, they're playing <laughs> second edition Dungeons and Dragons yeah. in that show. Yep. Classic red box. But uh, yeah, second edition is for the people who are more familiar with the classic <clears throat> fantasy tropes and everything. And, you know, for me, second edition was more about nostalgia. Um, third edition and 3.5, um, again, to stereotype, they really focused on the mechanics and uh, making combat work and you have um, things called feats which are uh, different abilities that your character can do and they really went crazy with that and uh, kind of developed the game out to what eventually um, inspired the release of a game called Pathfinder um, which that's not the focus of, of this show but uh, it's something <laughs> else to look into if you're looking for an alternate system that, that's like three point three point seven five three point seven five like on crack yeah. but then uh, there's fourth edition which we had already talked about was mm-hmm. more geared towards the people they wanted to bring in the the, the, the board video game, game. And, and the video game aspect uh, especially with MMORPGs like World of Warcraft and whatnot because each each role in combat had a specific function. You had your tank, your striker, your healer, um, or mm-hmm. DPS, I guess they would call the strikers. Con- yeah, leader, people, uh, but, controller. You know, everybody had a specific job on the battlefield, and everything was very focused on using a grid system to move your characters around the map and whatnot. Um, fifth edition, they have definitely pulled, they stripped a lot of things down to basic role-playing and um, a lot of the the tools in fifth edition are kind of meant to foster the storyline and the narrative that your group has at the table as opposed mm-hmm. to combat. So if there's any divide, or if there's an obvious divide between a lot of D&D players, and most of it is between the people who like the wargaming aspect of it and then the people who like the role-playing aspect of it. If you're more into wargaming, which is using miniatures and the combat and playing it kind of like a board game and you don't really care about talking or using funny voices, you definitely want to check out the older uh, the older editions because they kind of uh, they kind of support that a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. Fifth edition is definitely for people like our group who we want to talk in different accents. We want to step into our character. We want to escape from the stresses of real life and really you know go in depth into our characters and how they interact with each other and the world around them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, you know, whatever comes next, I, I hope it doesn't deviate too much from fifth. Cause right now, and from my opinion, uh, I, I love what they've done with it. And uh, yeah. 
So it was, it was just thinking too, you know, you kind of asked that question. It'd be great to do it, uh, do a full blown episode like that and, mm-hmm. and have Joe on as a guest and Hey, uh, what, <laughs> what could fifth edition do to be better? And he just goes, go back to second edition. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Everybody. It's been a great show. That, that would be I, I, I will put it right now. That is going to be the first thing he says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the, it's eight, eight, 19 seconds. It's the whole episode. For sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, so, you know, kind of, kind of moving forward, what we, what we kind of really wanted to do is, is kind of hit the, the basics of uh, the game and, mm-hmm. hey, brother. okay. Um, and kind of hit the basics, you know, the basis of the game for the, the guy like me, you know, I, like I said, I'm yeah. 18 months in and I've played quite a bit, but um, kind of give people some exposure and, and, and hopefully also um entertain the seasoned Dungeons and Dragons player and, and kind mm-hmm. of a little bit something for everybody. And you know, so we really kind of want to move forward, uh like I said in, in future episodes and kind of break down, you know, start we're gonna start talking about the classes and looking at um the different classes and kind of what they can do and mm-hmm. at you know at, at what level um do they really kind of start to hit their stride. Um you know some some you get uh, some you know with some uh, types of of characters you get a little bit more immediate payoff in that for that second and third level where some if you stick with them you know if you can stick with it and play you get up to five and six and then that that character really starts to develop um in 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 playing more uh of of kind of of that and looking going okay well talk about the weaponry what can they do you know how are they in combat um what are some of the the types of hey if you've got uh this type of character in your group this is another type of character that plays really well with that one and they they work you know kind of cohesively and i uh, i think of um, my current character now who's a human fighter and i think of um Haley's character who is a, a you know is a, a dwarf a dwarf barbarian and some of the kind of fun things we've done in combat kind of working together and you know obviously melee stuff is a, is a little bit uh, a little bit easier in some of those things but um and kind of see how you know how how they play together and and again some of the and even some of the settings so hey we're going to go and we're going to this is going to be based in water deeper this is going to be based in um you know uh, on the on the sword coast or, or something like that and we can look and go you know hey these characters if you're going to be by the water you may want to think about playing this type of class because mm-hmm. these are some of the advantages and um like i said just kind of doing deep dives and and i'm looking forward to a lot of that stuff because i'm going to learn a ton uh from the both of you you know in the, in those aspects but i gotta ask i gotta i gotta know looking back on on the years of experience chris what was your favorite character that you ever played Ooh, that's like asking like who your favorite pet is or your favorite child um, oh that's that's an easy one. Oh, boom oh, done. So, sorry <laughs> I, well, I have four i have four kids you only have one i actually have to pick a favorite so that's true i guess right now i mean i've got i've got two dogs yeah, they're like my fur babies right yeah but um gosh that's that's a hard one because for me for me, I tend to, what I tend to do is I tend to pick when I make a character, I tend to pick one aspect of myself, my personality or uh, traits. And I extrapolate that to the extreme, like for a character. So uh, I'll use my character in, in our game, Quinn, uh, Quinn Truesdale, TM, nice guy. Um, <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to make a, a pacifist character Um semi-pacifist he still will defend himself and his allies but he 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 won't kill um 
and and he's a cleric he, by the way he's a cleric yes yeah. yeah, so yeah. a, a healer uh and all of his spells are are buffing the ally or our our team and healing our team i have very i have one actual attack spell uh and i wanted to play a character who's like he's in charge of the orphanage in water deep or a particular part of water deep he's uh just a nice guy he's he's pretty much lawful good uh and i i wanted to make him kind of the moral um the moral light side of of the party and i find that interesting as like the i don't want to say the foil right but it's kind of the foil to the group the group is a very chaotic kind of like <laughs> fly by the seat of our pants kind of group it's hard to be a murder hobo when you're constantly reviving everybody i kill uh, you know, and uh, yeah, Quinn, Quinn, is, Quinn has healed uh, bad guys to, to save their lives. But that's an interesting quirk to me. You know, I, I like that idea where there's that that interpersonal conflict. Uh, but like um, a great another great example for a character I played, I play I made uh, Victor Stone Artificer. Uh, I wanted to play a character who's very like intelligence oriented everything is data everything is knowledge but very low wisdom so he doesn't necessarily understand that it doesn't make sense to bargain with the orcs to like make their way through because he wants he wants to get through or find this knowledge he might just be like all right take the child like what <laughs> what can you tell me about this this world this area i, I don't care about them Right. And he, he would name his, his, like the things he would build, but he would never, he had a hard time, kind of like your character, uh, Pete. He had a hard time remembering people's names. So it would just be a bartender <laughs> or um, a fighter. Please help me. Um, I, I, uh, well, sure. I kind of wanted to play something sort of like Tony Stark, but almost on a very, like, not charismatic way, just straight. Mm-hmm. I want to know everything. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's super funny too, because, you know, we, we both kind of started out on this path and, and you know, in 23 sessions in, um, you know, you've, uh, you know, your surroundings have forced you to kind of go against your beliefs to a certain extent and have to do some things, you know, ultimately for the greater good. Yeah. Um, and I'm also, I've, you know, I'm, I think twice about certain things now. I don't just, and I'll talk a little bit longer before I press my knife into somebody's throat and <laughs> yeah. kind of how those characters have rubbed off on each other, even just mm-hmm. a little bit. And you think about the role-playing interactions that we've had in some of the conversations. Um, there's been some seriously heavy role-playing and I mean, heavy, not in like quantity, but in quantity of or quality of, wow, this is a, yeah. this is kind of a, a big thing. And, um, and it's been super cool to watch those characters develop together and kind of, again, mm-hmm. start to rub off on each other and, you know, I remember, uh, this is a random uh, tangent, but I remember in a game that I was with uh, Wes, our buddy Brandon and several other people, Joe was our DM. And we we made characters who were basically, I think we started at level zero. Uh, Joe wanted to do a, you you choose your actions and based on those actions will be your class. Uh, yeah, and I remember. Do you remember that one? I mm. remember in character, getting into a screaming match with Brandon's character. Yeah. 
and after this after we were done or we were at a break we both looked at each other and we were like dude it's just the it's our characters I'm like i know i love you we had to <laughs> hug it out yeah. like yeah. like we were we were seriously like when you get in character and it's really like the focal point of like you're part of the fun of it you you forget that it's not it's not real it's it's uh, it's all imaginary but the emotions mm-hmm. are real yeah. and we've and we we've seen a ton of that and that's been there's been some incredibly cool moments mm-hmm. you know both positive and negative but but still the effect of how that did i mean we've looked at each other with tears in our eyes mid game like wow that was that was intense you yeah. know yeah so what about you Wes? you got a you got a favorite you look back and go man that was such a blast you know i uh have not been a player often but the few times i have um would probably be my wizard character edwin godless yeah and i was, remember edwin this was the, the the first wizard i had ever played did not know what to expect i decided to play him very much like chris's artificer character where he was all about the knowledge i teamed up with a fellow player who was a uh, a rogue or thief thief in second edition and uh Together, him and I would pull off these heists because I had the magic to open up doors or to make him and myself invisible, um, that sort of thing. But I, too, was uh, was not a pacifist, but definitely was very reluctant to use my powers. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about that game and the reason why I loved it so much <coughs> is because it, it really helped yeah. me kind of develop... Um, a lot of my role-playing skills as someone who was playing a little bit against type because I'd always played thief characters before and always liked to get in, in on the action and everything. Well, I played a little bit more of a support role this time around. And um, what made the game so memorable for me and that character was actually uh, due to Joe, uh, who was oh. uh, running our game. And it was, he kept tempting me to, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, magic in second edition is very, very, very destructive, and it's it's very uh, imbalanced the, the, compared yeah. to the rest of the classes. Even though great, the, the wizards are very, very fragile, and that yeah. has carried through in the the, the you know next editions. Yeah. But uh, it yeah. uh, go ahead, Chris. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. The, the great the great example for this is like at level one, uh, a fighter versus a, a mage. A mage could do one thing and like cast a spell and then just be winded the whole rest of the day. Yeah. (laughs) And then the fighter's like, all right, well, I guess I'll chop you in half. You, you pit a a level uh, 13 fighter versus a level 13 wizard. And that wizard is manipulating time to the part where you haven't (laughs) been born yet. Yeah. (laughs) And now you don't exist. Yeah. So (laughs) yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a, it's a great example. Um, The, the, the different character or different classes scaled differently back then. But um, anyway, the, what Joe did is he, he, he realized my, my role-playing role uh, decisions to not use my powers in a destructive manner. He kept tempting me to do so by giving me cooler and cooler shit as rewards for whatever we were doing. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting this crazy like uh, Archmage staff. I ended up getting a wizard's tower that had all the books that I could ever want in it. And I still never used my destructive spells until finally the, the last session that we ended up playing, Mm -hmm. 
I ended up using the spell fireball, which anybody who knows D and D knows that's kind of like the, uh, it's, it's like the meme spell that, uh, it's very destructive. Well, in second edition, it's even more destructive. I ended up destroying an entire town with it in, in our game <laughs> and, and killing half the party and killing oh, half geez. the party. So it was, it was an awesome culmination of him tempting me to use my power and then my character's realization that when he finally did use his power, he was he felt justified in the reasons why he didn't want to use it, if that makes any sense. <laughs> right. So it was it was kind of a full circle thing that I really enjoyed seeing come about. So that that would be my answer as far as what what character I liked mm-hmm. the most. When uh, when Haley uh, cut her teeth at her first DM with our group and you played, um, <clears throat> you were a, a, a paladin, I believe. Yeah. And. It was it was really kind of funny funny to watch because I'm sitting back going, just do this, and you couldn't and you wouldn't because that wasn't what your character would do. Yeah, and that was very impactful for me for the simple fact of mm-hmm. no, you when you choose to play this character, you need to play this character as this character should be played. Yeah. And I'm going, I'm literally like in character calling this guy lame and boring <laughs> and, you know, but he was doing what he should have done lawful good. And he was kind of towing the line, making those decisions mm-hmm. while I'm over the top of him firing arrows at random kobolds, because that's what my character was, you know? Yeah. And it, it's so funny to kind of see that. And I, I've picked everything based, you know, Chris made a great point earlier talking about, uh, taking a part of your own personality and interjecting it into your character, but then extrapolate, uh, extrapolating that or exemplifying that kind of that one trait mm-hmm. and, you know, sarcasm and humor and those types of things are such a big part of my life. All of my characters in some way, shape or form have had that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that day of giving that a shot where, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a, in the, I'm a get my boots dirty kind of character, but again, kind of taking that support role. And on the flip side of that, watching Becca, you know, one of, one of the players in our campaign, watching her play uh, was always kind of a supportive role. And even currently is, well, we did that one shot and she's a half orc fighter <laughs> and she's th- yeah, throwing people around or whatever. And it was, it was I didn't so cool know she see- played a half orc fighter in that game. No, she, it, was, it was a monk. Yeah, she's yeah, but it was great. It was, you know, that was that was the game where Haley was the tabaxi artificer. Mm, and yep. but it was so cool to see because that Becca had never played a character like that with me. So in the in the same token where me to play a Quinn Truesdale or to play a paladin or something like that, yeah, I would have to go against kind of my own personality to do that character correctly. I feel like Becca's the kind, you know, obviously she's very sweet. She's very shy. You know, she's shy. She's pretty quiet. Yep. Then obviously she's this hulking organ. She's kicking, um, you know, <laughs> mer people off the boat and whatnot. It was so yeah. cool to see her do, to do that other side. It was again, mm-hmm. the opposite of what I would do, but it's still that same transformation yeah. stepping outside of your normal everyday, who you are. It's super yeah. fun. Like, well, and the swing back to your beginning part uh, when we first started this conversation uh, Dungeons and Dragons for you is an escape from reality. What it allows a lot of people to do is portray a character that might not necessarily be them. You know, like you said, a great example, Becca, she's a quiet, shy person, but playing that half orc monk and doing karate chops and flips and kicking people <laughs> yeah. off of boats. That sounds, that sounds like the complete opposite, which sounds fun. You know? and, and it's even better when the, when uh, Haley's character 
sends a mechanical spider over to bite her calf and she grows to twice her size. <laughs> um, you know, so now she's a giant half orc. And- I, I love that spell. I used to do that with uh, uh, the sidetrack back to my, my artificer character. Uh, I would create these devices and I would be like, um, this, this may hurt. And I would just slap healing like <laughs> syringes into people's chests or yeah. uh, the enlarge uh, spell is the one that she used. Yep. Uh, same thing. I'd be like, uh, hold this. And then it would explode and then it would make them into like <laughs> giant people. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, but when you get to have that experience and you get to play a character, that's not necessarily your own, like a, a great example another character that I played in a different game. It was actually a fourth edition game and the character was a tiefling fighter uh, who was like a skirmisher. So his whole thing was uh, two weapon fighting uh, dive in dive out. Uh, but he actually used two spiked shields as weapons. And I wanted him to be the ultimate bodyguard. So I played like the, like, he was super gruff. And if you guys know me, I'm a very, like, as you can tell, I'm a pretty funny, like lighthearted guy. Oh, absolutely. I played this guy as dour and sour as I could, but he was loyal to, right. to his companions. He, to the point where he, he tried to sacrifice himself over and over and over again to protect the party, because if they could continue on, that's what meant the most to him. Hmm. Well, and, and it's funny too, you know, you bring up the tiefling and you talk about the character interaction and, you know, I learned, you know, in, in the game about, you know, tieflings are relatively rare and they're almost, you know, in a lot of areas kind of discriminated against in mm-hmm. how I thought my character would handle that would be very much the same way that all of us most likely in real life would handle that. We wouldn't stand for that. Mm-hmm. And I found myself in this position to where I was getting in people's faces in these towns because they're looking cross-eyed at Avinia, Becca's yeah. character, the tiefling. And then freaking Wes, asshole of the year, puts <laughs> us in a battle and I end up stabbing her after I've worked so... And I, at one point, I swooped her up off on a horse to get her out of harm's way. I threw, I shot a smoke arrow to cloak her so she wouldn't be harmed, defended her against, you know, these Mm -hmm. discriminatory assholes. And then he puts me in a position where I end up stabbing her in a fight. And so now I've got this, this guilt of my character where I kept doubling back to apologizing to her and making sure she understood that it wasn't me and I never wanted to hurt her. And I mean, you want to talk about, you're feeling that character and being in that moment. My, my imaginary character stabbed another imaginary person by accident. And I physically was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Existential <laughs> dread. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, when, uh, do you guys have, you guys have a favorite character, favorite race, favorite class. Is there something like mm. that is that this is my favorite to play. This is where I think I really shine. Oh, so not not specific character, just like a favorite combination. Yeah, it okay. kind of a favorite combination. Okay, go ahead, Chris. Maybe maybe uh, maybe your would be your go to. Maybe it's a, a quick build kind of scenario. Oh. You get to jump in last minute in a game. What's your go to? Where where do you live? Where's your comfort zone, man? I know I can put this together and I can rock this. Oh man, uh, a spoiler alert! I like options, so I <laughs> I I haven't played the same character. This is true. More than once in probably like 15 years, because I, I like, I like making 
new characters. And I I really get off to learn it. That came out really weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not safe for work. Uh, I, hey. I really enjoy. I uh, I really enjoy getting the off. the the getting off. Get, uh, <laughs> understanding the mechanics of a new class. So, um, like I've played clerics before, but I had never played. I hadn't played them in a long time. So most spellcaster classes are still new to me in a lot of aspects. I tended to, to always play martial classes or, you know, fighters, rogues, paladins, um, you know, stuff like that. But uh, spellcasters have been something that I've been really trying to dig into. And like I said, I, I'm kind of the, uh, the exciting, boring answer of I like <laughs> all of them and I enjoy trying something new every right. time. If we started a new game, I would do a completely different character, 100% different. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy all the classes. I love all my kids equally. Yeah, we get it. You know, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Gosh. What well, about you, Wes? I, I am extremely discriminatory when it comes to the characters I play. It's, it's one of two. My favorite combination would probably be um, either a human or half elf rogue. And that is just because I have, that's how I've always started. And it's kind of what I would typically just fall into. Um, not that I'm a shady person or anything like that, but just the, uh, when I, when my, my first thoughts of fantasy kind of drift towards that realm of like mm. thieves guilds and, and uh, you know, shadowy back alleys and uh, pulling off a heist or coming up with some shenanigans to, to pull off with a partner to cause mischief. Um, that's kind of just typically where my mind goes when it comes to, uh, rolling a new character. Um, beyond that, I like paladins just because they're kind of a little bit, a little bit more front and center than I'm used to, and uh, mm -hmm. maybe even comfortable with. So that's kind of me playing a little bit against type. Um, but uh, yeah, I, not to say that I wouldn't play anything else, but those 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 would be the two that I would gravitate to. I, you know, and, and obviously my first character I ever did was a human rogue. And I, um, and I asked a lot of questions. I mean, I, I was all over West prior to that game because I really wanted, mm. you know, like I said, these people are, are bringing me into the fold and, and they're allowing me to join this group. And so I, I tried to put a lot of time in and I tried to put a little thought into, and I, um, one of the things I've enjoyed is every character I have, uh, I've written a backstory for. Like I actually sat down at the computer and actually written and kind of just to kind of get an idea in my head of, of where that, that character is coming from. And that the human rogue that I played Skura rogue was his name. Um, and I've kind of themed, and I don't know if anybody's caught it or not, but um, all the characters that I've played um, have been a word that ties into their character, but in Latin mm -hmm. and so I've kind of done, I, I've kind of done that for myself. And that's kind of something that I, that I enjoy doing. And so I, I will always, that'll, that character will always have a special place in my heart. That first one that I did and that first one mm -hmm. I designed and up until our one shot that we did, I had never played anything other than a human. And I kind of chose that because again, the, we talk about keeping things uncomplicated um, the whole kind of crawl before you can walk before you can run I didn't want to come out of it and have, you know, some sort of, I, I have some sort of, a, I'm a sorcerer with a tie to a, an evil deity. And I have all these spells and, and you know, trying to do all these things that I don't, cause I didn't understand the mechanics of what was going on. Yeah. So for, for the new D and D player, 
um, that was a, you know, playing a human was a pretty safe bet. Um, and of course, you know, fighter, like you talked about being an uncomplicated class that starts to get a lot of abilities relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the great example from earlier where you talk about, okay, you know, level one wizard is, is, is cowering, sucking his thumb because he's got one spell. Level three fighters taking care of business, but you get up into that 10, 11, 12 class mm-hmm. and it's completely game changing. Mm-hmm. But by that point, you have a great or, or typically you would have a great handle on what that wizard can do and how they can do it because you've classed every single time that you've leveled up, yeah. you've gone back to the drawing board and looked okay. And you kind of study what they can do. You kind of pick what you want to do, whether it's an archetype or how you kind of move through it. So that'll always have a special place in my heart. Like I said, that, that human rogue that I did. Um, and one of these days I hope to revisit it for the simple fact of mm-hmm. the dude is rich. He's got, he's a, <laughs> yeah. a part owner of the, of, of a mine in Fandelver. He's got a bag of holding. I mean, this guy's got it nice. going on. So I, I will say I have not played Lexin, my human fighter in probably a decade, if not longer than that. Because I, like I said, I like to try all kinds of new things, but I think it'd be really interesting to build him in fifth edition and uh, see where I can take that, that class and, or that character concept and what class uh, classes mix well with it. That makes sense. Uh, And, you know, maybe that'll be my next character that I play in, um, in one of the next games we do. I, the, if you're, if you're going to pick a, a a character, you're going to pick a class and pick a race because you really want to step outside your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and you really want to challenge yourself as a D and D player. Mm -hmm. Wes, what are you going to pick? Race wise half orc. Uh, just because I, I like being pretty people, and half orcs are not pretty people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a matter uh, of perspective. I've seen enough stuff online. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> was it rule thirty four? Is that what that is? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, half orc. Um, and I think the only class I have never touched would be cleric. So half orc cleric, mm. I suppose, would be a strange combination when you really think about it. But but um, a very cool one because yeah, there's a lot be of cool domains that you, know, you can. I would really probably I would probably play him more like a shaman, you know, coming mm. from a, a backwater village where he's a he's a cleric, but not necessarily like the the shiny armor and flail cleric, but uh, you know, um, carry a staff and yeah. uh, you know do do shaman things. But yeah, that, that, that'd be it for me. I, I like playing pretty characters. <laughs> How about you, Chris? Oh, good golly. All right. Um, Probably. I like them all. No, no, no. Uh, I, I've, I've thought about this because there, there are different combinations that I've never done before. Uh, but I, I like the idea of doing, uh, I, I'm all about playing like against stereotype in a lot of things. But I like the idea of either a probably a a elf like uh, an elven warlock because I've never done a warlock before Ooh. like to a very like evil patron. I have a hard time playing evil characters, <laughs> but I think that it would be very interesting to play an evil like warlock character. Uh, the race that could that could be really anything, but I've never really played an elf before. Interesting enough, um, I've done half elves, but um, an elf I think would be really interesting. The other one that pops up into my brain 
uh, would be probably probably a gnome barbarian. <laughs> I think that would be a really interesting, just like a very angry badger man, like <laughs> like druid druid barbarian that can turn into like a, a badger. How terrifying is that? Yeah, that's that's a very interesting concept. Uh, so hold on a second, Pete. Pete, I want to ask you that same question. You, knowing yeah, what yeah. you know about D and D now, what what do you think? I know you've you've only got three classes that you've had experience with. Um, what 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 do you think? Judging by what you know now, would be your your stepping outside of your comfort zone. It would it would be something, and I I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't be comfortable saying uh, a race. Um, but when it comes to classes, it would be much like a, a Quinn Truesdale. It would be that lawful good that can't just on a whim decide that this is how he wants to handle this situation. Um, I feel like there's that you talk about the, the, the prayer aspect of it. You talk about the religious aspect of it um, there. It's, it feels too confining to me. It feels too, it's almost too structured um, because again, that Chris talked about earlier, I'm, I like the chaos. I, you know, the chaotic aspect, it would, it would be, it would truly be a challenge for me to look back on some of the situations I've gotten into with my current character, Twaybor, um, and to realize not do that, what I did, you yeah, know, realize like the consequences that could actually happen from that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that, I think that would be my biggest challenge is trying to, trying to, again, to, to stay within those confines of, um, again, I was, I was laughing out loud in character in your paladin's face, like, why are you so lame? Why are you not doing what needs to be done? You know? Yeah. And that, and that played right into my character in that games It played right into that personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my biggest challenge for sure is I just wouldn't, uh, I really have to work to make sure that I'm working within the confines of that character and not, and I, I'd have to be a lot less Pete than I normally am. Hmm. So what it sounds like to me, it sounds like you uh, are more weary of playing a certain alignment. So like a lawful good or a lawful neutral or lawful evil, like, you know, um, you there's said, lawful you, evil. That's a thing. Yeah. Well, you got to think, you got to think about, think about it this way. <clears throat> lawful doesn't necessarily mean like an adherence to like the, the, the laws of the land, the laws of the state, the laws of the king or anything like that. It's more, it can also be like your own laws. Like you have a code, like think of, have yeah. you seen the show Dexter? Yeah. Okay. So he has a code Love that it. he lives by. He would be yeah. lawful evil. He would be lawful evil. Yeah. You know? Okay. He, he kills people. He right. murders them, but he does it because he has a strict code that he follows. Right. That would be yeah. an example of lawful evil. But it sounds like it sounds like you you would probably veer away because you could have a paladin that could be like, you know, like a neutral good paladin. You know, or yeah. like uh just does just does yeah. good things to do you, good things regardless yeah. of the law. You don't have to you be know? lawful good is lawful great, like I tried to play. That that's like the yeah. extreme end of the spectrum when it comes to uh, right. those type of characters. You know, like mm-hmm. I said, like that was me kind of playing against type. So right. Um, but yeah. Yes. I think a, a, an episode on uh alignment is uh definitely needed because there's some really cool like uh, uh conversations that can happen with that. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. And it's, and again, you know, chaotic neutral, right. You know, kind of like that fastball right down the middle. 
you really open yourself up to really kind of do whatever it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously much easier to make decisions in character when you don't have that structure. Um, but I, you know, one of the, one of the things that I had actually brought up to Wes is one of the, uh, as part of my dice subscription, I got a set of metal dice that have uh, half black faces and half white faces. Mm. And the, the idea, and I kind of pitched this to Wes and moving forward is I kind of want to play a character that, um is split personality and when i roll the dice that's how it acts i the the white is good the black is bad and we see i just i think now that's the kind of chaos that i would thrive on because in my head i may want to do this but i roll the dice and i go okay well i i pet him on the head as opposed to cut his throat or (laughs) whatever the case may be you know yeah no and that's that's definitely something i've thought about too it can be what's the word uh, there there's another uh, episode player agency uh-huh. um that could be a, a very slippery slope if you're not playing it with the right group of people i think our group of people could handle it well right uh, but in a pickup game like if you just joined somebody's group and you're like well chaos reigns let's just see what happens <laughs> right? like <Yeah. laughs> that that could be a little right. that could be a little yeah uh, unhinged it's it's just like blackjack. I I like I play blackjack in a very specific way, mm-hmm. and 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 those of the those of you listeners, if you have ever played blackjack, there's a very defined way that you're supposed to do it. You hit on certain numbers, you stay on certain numbers. It's all about beating the dealer. You're supposed to work with the other players to beat the dealer so everybody wins. Mm-hmm. The only way you're ever going to win money, the only way you're ever going to take the house is you've got to split and you've got to double down. Period. End of story. But every now and again if you're just feeling it and you want to go out on a limb and you take that next card and you hit 21, but now that now the dealer doesn't bust and the other people lose and you win, you're immediately hated by everybody else at that table because there's a way you're supposed to do things. Mm -hmm. And I like to be the guy that likes to go, no, I want to try this. I want to, again, whether it be a whim or whether it be a risk or a gut feeling or whatever. And, and that's kind of how I play my characters as well. You know, Mm -hmm. um, but the more you get to know the people around you, the more that you, you get to know the other players, the more that your character gets to know the other characters, there are things that you align kind of with them. And there are decisions you make because you look and you go, is this what's best for the group? Mm -hmm. Because it's not just about that single person anymore. And all three of the characters that I've played have all been loner types that now have found themselves in part of a group and now there's consequences for other people based on my actions and not just consequences for myself. Yeah. And you, again, that's where the real depth to me, the real depth of that character comes in the real depth of the chemistry of the group is going against your personality instincts, going against what you think your character is going to do mm-hmm. because you're putting another person ahead of you, or you're putting another goal ahead of your own. Yeah. And so like I said, and that's the, we, I mean, we've had an absolute blast and in Chris, you and I have gotten loud and done that same thing at a break gone, Hey, character stuff, you know? Yep. And then next thing you know, next session, I'm talking to you about, um, about religion and you're asking me to teach you how to fight. And yep. then it's some, you know, and then there's, you're having a hard day and I'm saying things to you from Lathander's book and which I, my character never would have done that, but because he, because Twaybor cares about Quinn, yeah. those things are now occurring. And that's what 23 sessions together can do. That's, it's just, that's awesome to me. Yeah. Yeah. That development. Oh, and I, I love seeing it from my end too, even though, you know, I, I, 
pull out all the random people that come in and interact with you guys. But for the most part, when I can sit back and I can, you know, for a half hour and have you guys just take the floor and, you know, interact between yourselves like that just makes me smile to sit back, you know, and <laughs> it's not because I don't have anything prepared past that or anything like that, but, it, <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's, it's like, it's like proud dad moment, you know, like right? these yeah. characters in it are in this, this situation and just to see, you know, like I actually get to sit back and, and see it as a, as a, a movie or a play being, you know, put on for me during those mm-hmm. parts. And yeah, that, that, I've really enjoyed that. And I think that's really the fulfillment that I get from this game is watching how, you know, our players, our group, how they take mm-hmm. on the different challenges and how their characters develop and interact with each other and the world that, you know, that I spend all this time putting out there in front of everybody, you know, yeah. that that's, that's what's fulfilling to me about the game. Well, I, uh, I can't think of a better way to close out our first episode on that. That was perfect, Wes. That's good. <laughs> um, good. It's, uh, this I'm was this week. was a lot of fun, and, and like I said, we're we're looking forward to, to to doing this even more, and we can't wait to get this out uh, to the ears of the listeners. And um, we're talking about some live streaming stuff. We're talking about some other uh, you know other options and ways to ways to watch and interact um, moving forward. And um, we're going to be interacting uh, with all the listeners. You know, at, you know, we want we want questions. We want to we want to answer things. We want to mm-hmm. um, you know again we want to this is this is all about these are conversations that we have on a regular basis. Anyways, we might as well record them and bring other people into the fold and answer your questions. And um, if you've learned nothing else in this episode, give it a try. Yeah. And we, we've, we've mm-hmm. really have had a, had a great time doing this. And um, there's, there's plenty of people out there and, and trust me, if you're um, in, in now, uh, you know, one of the, the silver linings of the dark cloud that is COVID um, we, you don't mm-hmm. have to, you know, oh, my friend moved away. We can't play D&D anymore. Bullshit. Yeah. We've been, you know, we've been playing over Zoom now and, and using Astral and, um, you know, in, in different things for, for you know, for over a year. Definitely. And we're still getting to to do all of that. So, you know, we, we, are, we are so close to an in-person game. Oh, yeah. we're getting there. I can't I wait. It's going to be one I don't of those even know what I'm going to do. <laughs> it's I'm going to eat. Yeah. So in front of people. Oh, yeah. man. And, <laughs> So right, right out of the very beginning. Right. So Joe strolls in with these dots pretzels and Chris, nobody had heard of these pretzels. Nobody had heard anything about them. Yep. And he goes, you got to try these pretzels, Pete. They're amazing. And I get, I'm addicted. So every in-person game, everybody started bringing the same pretzels. So we were just mowing these pretzels. Mm-hmm. Now everybody I talked to was like, Pete, you got to dry dots pretzels. I'm like, where have you been? Yeah. We were munching on those on the, in the frick with the ghost of salt marsh 18 months ago. <laughs> yeah. You scrubs. <laughs> oh man. And I, and we even did, I mean, we did a game, uh, uh, at Wes's house where they made like actual huge legs of meat. And it was like, it was, you know, food from mm-hmm. the, I can't think of the word, but of you know, of the time, if you, yeah, will. yeah. Yeah. Um, we did a themed dinner. Uh, yeah. Themed dinner. And one of the guys was dressed like a dragon and then <laughs> had to have his wife come pick him up because he drank way too much whiskey way too quickly. Um, but uh, I think I remember seeing photos yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh Yeah. Oh. Well, like I said, it's, it's, uh, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this and especially there's a, I'm hoping that there's a lot of my wife is going to kill me, uh, listeners that kind of pick this up that maybe haven't played and, mm-hmm. you know, give it a shot though. The one thing that I'm, I'm really pushing uh, on Wes as well is 
I'd love to do a game and actually um, allow people to kind of watch that and, and kind of see how that interaction goes. Because I truly think if you can see people enjoying themselves and not just talking about it, yeah, it's much easier to say, hey, let's give that a whirl. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not like, you know, Settlers of Catan where you just read the directions and play the game and it's a lot of fun. You do have to have, you know, somebody that can that can kind of DM and but um, but that can all be learned. Every every DM started somewhere. Yep. So mm-hmm. it's true. But, well, thank you guys very much. This has uh, been an absolute blast, yeah. man. And oh, thank uh, you. Can't wait till next time. Oh, yeah. yeah me, me neither. So uh, we'll be uh, we'll be doing some more social media uh some more social media posts and letting everybody know where you can find this stuff mm-hmm. and like i said we hope you guys enjoyed it and please make sure you reach out ask us questions tell us about your favorite characters tell us about things you want to know um and again we're gonna we'll uh we'll we'll record it as long as you're listening to it so keep downloading and we'll go from there and until next time we'll uh you guys enjoy yourselves and have a great period of time to be determined until our next recording yeah have fun being not listening to us right (laughs) words are hard awesome (laughs) all right talk to you guys next time